0: In this episode of Writers Get Animated, it's The Lion King 2, 2, or 2, 1 half. I don't really understand Lion King chronology naming conventions anymore, so stay tuned.
1: Good day and welcome to Writers Get Animated, a podcast about... Storytelling and Animation and the Chronology of Lion Movies, Made by Disney. I'm Chris Leva. And I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And today we're discussing when Disney loves itself, I think, a little bit. Uh, we, we have two shows where, actually, it's, it's specifically two Disney Junior shows, which I think is interesting.
0: Right? I think that's part of the ploy, though. So Not ploy. Ploy's a bad word.
1: Yeah. I th- ploy, ploy makes it sound negative. I think it's part of the strategy. I would say magic. Magic, yes. There we go. Yes, it, it's widened the magic a little bit wider.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's not really... These, these two episodes we're talking about today aren't exclusively both crossovers, so it's hard to call this a crossover episode of the podcast, but... It's about two Disney Junior shows that incorporate previous Disney properties that are so old, and not really so old, but so old that people watching these Disney Junior shows have probably never heard of these other properties or never seen something from them before.
1: I think that's a little more true in the case of the first one, um, The Lion King or The Lion Guard. Mm-hmm. pulling characters from Lion King 2 Sim- Colin Simba's pride. I think a lot of kids at least know Winnie the Pooh, since we're also discussing Doc McStuffins and the Winnie the Pooh crossover.
0: Yes, which is, that is magical. There's a magic rainbow waterfall on it. There um. is. <laughs> Ta-da! Uh... Yeah, I mean, I guess as a kid, I was vaguely aware of Winnie the Pooh being a thing, but like I had, I don't think that I knew any Winnie the Pooh property until like I was older. So you'd never so maybe watched I'm, the many no. adventures
1: of Winnie the Pooh? No. The original film? No. You, I've,
0: I've never seen a Winnie the Pooh movie.
1: And then they had the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh, which th- came out in the 90s right around Gummy Bears, so... And I had like really catchy theme song that was slightly rocking. Pooh Bear, Winnie the Pooh Bear. It's me and it's you, silly old Winnie the Pooh. Well,
0: that was a magical rendition.
1: I was going for soulful, so (laughs) mission not accomplished. (laughs) Roll out the banner. Um,
0: so yeah, I guess in some senses we're talking about things that maybe kids haven't heard of and maybe sometimes they have. Like, what does it mean? What's, what does it mean when a show aimed at younger children, um, dives into properties that they may not be aware of because they don't fall within the canon of the established show? Like maybe there's a child who's exclusively a Doc McStuffins fan who doesn't know anything about Winnie the Pooh. Do you need to know anything about Winnie the Pooh to understand this? disney
1: jr tv show or is winnie the pooh a part of the cultural zeitgeist enough that you at least know of winnie the pooh and tigger as well i didn't didn't say tigger too I, i should have sorry uh winnie the pooh and tigger too are you are you aware that they are culturally things that exist
0: not being a young child these days, I can't vouch for how they feel. But me as a young child in the late 80s, early 90s, yeah, I was aware. I mean, I don't know if any Winnie the Pooh things have happened recently.
1: Uh, there was the 2013 2010 film Winnie the Pooh, which was okay. uh 2D animated by Disney, which is actually pretty good. Um, and that's where they had the um, the Lopezes, c- who were doing uh, the music for Frozen, they did music for Winnie the Pooh. Hmm. And then that's how they started that relationship, and their next project was Frozen. So they made this relationship happen there with Winnie the Pooh.
0: Now we know who to blame for Frozen. Winnie the
1: Pooh. Winnie the Pooh is to blame for Frozen. Yes. I was going to make a let it go joke, but I'm going to not do it. I'm going to let it pass. Wow. (laughs) See, I I didn't even do a second one. I almost... It is gone. It is gone. Um, (laughs) Let's talk a little bit. Which one would you like to start with? The Lion Guard or Doc McSuch... I know you love Lion King so much. So maybe we I should do. maybe we should start with Lion King.
0: I think we got a good ball rolling with Doc McStuffins so I'm happy to continue with this one.
1: Okay, let's continue with Doc McStuffins and the episode Season 4, episode 15, Doc McStuffins Toy Hospital into the Hundred Acre Wood. Now, you wrote synergy and I think this is really cool. <laughs> I think there should be a new term which is disnergy. Disney. <laughs> Where it's cause it's Disney using synergy of everything that they own to make things uh happier a little bit.
0: Disnergy? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what Disney World is. It's Disnergy.
1: Yeah, you said it better. <laughs>
0: which part? I, I tightened up your word? I workshopped it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you
1: workshopped it a little bit. You made it I'm usually known for making things Bigger and bulkier and needing some fat trimmed from my work. So thank you. You're welcome. Disnergy. Disnergy. It
0: doesn't quite sound like Synergy, but it's it's different spin on Synergy. It's hard to say that three times fast. Disnergy Synergy.
1: Disnergy Synergy. Synergy. Yeah. Awful. Yeah.
0: Fail. No. New warm-up. Let it go. Um <laughs> But I put down uh Disnergy now as we've corrected it, because it's it's such a perfect combination of things and i know that, like on twitter christine was really excited about this project for long christine of course being the creator of doc mcstuffins uh she's very creative about or very excited about this episode to work on because it is a perfect fit for doc mcstuffins doc mcstuffins is about a little girl who talks to her toys as they come to life and she helps fix them up and other people's toys and winnie the pooh is about christopher robin talking to his stuffed animals like what a perfect fit for these two worlds it's not intentional. It's just worked out to be a great combination.
1: Mhm. It's which I enjoy. I did the the thing that I was wondering about, and there are lots of questions that I had going into the episode that would keep getting answered as the episode progressed. Is is this Winnie the Pooh? As Jack would say, you know, my four year old son Jack would say, is it the real Winnie the Pooh? Mm. Because Jack is very much aware of there being the real version of something. Like, the canon. Right. Well, we were watching, we watched the first part of Hook, you know, the mm. sequel to Peter Pan. And um, he looks at me and he says, that's not the real Smee. And he picked up the DVD to Peter Pan, the Disney movie. Says, "That's the real Smee. That's not the real Tinkerbell, Daddy. That's the real Tinkerbell." It's like, oh, okay. So, <laughs> real not meaning you know flesh and blood, but the pure version <laughs> of the character. It's like, uh, that's not really Smee, Daddy. That's not the real Smee.
0: It's interesting that Jack is picked out for his pure, real version. Um, the Disney version as opposed to, like, the story version. I mean, it's probably the one that he first encountered.
1: Right. It is. Because he's not quite there for chapter books yet, personally. Mm-hmm. But um, Has he seen this episode of Doc McStuffins? He has seen it. And um, apparent- I wasn't there for it. My wife didn't know that I wanted to watch it with Jack. So she was like, I need to cook something. Here, Jack look, it's Winnie the Pooh and Doc McStuffins and she played it. Um, and Jack was, when I got home, Jack was like, look, Daddy, it's Winnie the Pooh and Doc McStuffins. Um, and it was really exciting. Uh, when I walked in, Winnie the Pooh was on the operating table and I was like, oh my gosh, what is, <laughs> what, what happened? <laughs> what has happened in this episode? <laughs> Pooh is on the operating table. This is this is horrifying. Um, I got really worried and upset um, about poo in that environment but um, as most doctors would be about poo in the operating room Wow! I had to I'm so sorry I (laughs) am so so sorry for making that joke (laughs) I feel so awful was that a Nigel laugh did you get a Nigel laugh I don't know I don't know if I did I feel really guilty about it it doesn't deserve (laughs) one it doesn't deserve a Nigel laugh (laughs) Um, uh, it's
0: not as traumatic in the episode as it sounds when Chris walked in. It's, right. Um, it's, it's,
1: yeah. what, it, what it was for me is it was striking to see Pooh in an unnatural environment from him be, or a sterilized environment because Pooh is in the Hundred Acre Wood. That's where you find Woody the Pooh. That's where mm. you find all his friends. They're walking around and there are trees and there's nature. And to see him in a modern world is a little striking, especially when you see Christopher Robin at the toy hospital. And I think we need to explain for some of our viewers, listeners, I guess I should say, some of of our listeners who have heard of Doc McStuffins and may not know what's happened in the realm of Doc McStuffins recently. (laughs) because it is a little bit jarring if you met Doc McStuffins season one and now jump in at season four and wonder what's happening here. As I did. Do go on. So Doc McStuffins, at the start of season four, gets a toy sponder, which looks like a Band-Aid bracelet, which is really cool. Um, They don't make them. I looked them up. Um, (laughs) But... Is able to transport herself through the magic of being in her family to McStuffinsville, which is a place where all toys are alive all the time. So it's kind of like I want to say Vegas a little bit. Like I don't know. It, it feels like a I would have th- said Busy Town, but okay. <laughs> it feels like a uh, it feels like an amusement park, but it's like. All the toys are always alive. They don't have to worry about going stuffed because no kids are around, so they can do whatever they want. And toys can travel to McStuffinsville and lost toys end up there and hurt toys end up there. And Doc can go in there and then run the hospital and help her grandmother run this hospital. Oh, her grandmother's there. I didn't see the her. Burn. Her grand her grandmother uh, is the person who brought her there, and it's explained oh. that the magic skips a generation, which is why her dad doesn't know a, it. can't talk to toys, doesn't have the gift, doesn't have the magic. So it's a little bit sad knowing that Doc's kids will never know
0: I was thinking the same toys time.
1: coming alive.
0: That'll be like the the Downer series finale. You're welcome, Christine.
1: Doc, Doc grows up, has kids of her own, and realizes that they see no magic in their lives. <laughs> but knows that she has to hold out for her grandchild to be born, so that because it skips a generation, and then she can cultivate the magic in her grandchild. Maybe the season finale, series finale of Doc McStuffins is her uh, Doc's daughter becoming pregnant. And then you see, like, oh yeah, the magic can continue on. And she puts her stethoscope, you know, and listens to the baby's heartbeat with her stethoscope.
0: I'm just imagining the daughter in this scenario, like, Mom, why are you using that toy stethoscope? What a real doctor's office. <laughs> oh, no reason. No reason, honey. Wink to the camera. Wink. There's a lot between now and then on Doc McStuffins, but right. <laughs> I mean, this is like season
1: to. season 17 at least of Doc McStuffins. The, the only 17? That's only like half of Simpsons. I don't know. I'm, I don't want to. I don't want to ask for too much. <laughs> 17 seasons is okay, though. 17 seasons, I think, is plenty <laughs> for for Doc to grow into her own as a grandmother. Listen, this is one thing that I like about Doc McStuffins, and I, I will say this. There are three distinct points where Doc McStuffins could have potentially jumped the shark. One was counting. One was where they added the pet vet hospital, where she became a vet. That could have been easily a jump the shark moment, and it wasn't. But Chris Nee did clarify for us on Twitter the difference between
0: the pet vet hospital and the clinic. person toy hospital and the clinic, the
1: clinic. clinic. Yeah. The clinic. Yeah. So, so no shark jumped. No, it didn't jump. And, uh, it was nice, but season four, having doc be able to transport herself to a world of toys could be potential for jumping the shark, you know, cause it changes the structure of it. It's no longer doc. In her backyard, caring for her 10 basic toys and the random toys her friends bring over. Now it's her shrinking down or the... I don't... This is one thing I'll, we'll have to ask Chris nee. Do Does she shrink down or do the toys grow? Because like, they're the same size in the world of McStuffinsville. There are some giant,
0: giant toys, like the Lego dinosaur I saw in the background.
1: So I don't know if Doc is shrinking. I, it, I think she shrinks. But I can't be sure. Maybe it's just an FAO Schwartz store. It it could be. Things are big. Yeah. Um, and the third one? And the third one is this episode of <laughs> <crossing, laughs> is crossing over Winnie the Pooh into Doc McStuffins.
0: I think what really solidified it as not a shark jump for me is... Um, When they introduced Christopher Robin, it's like, oh, I wasn't expecting to see Christopher Robin's episode because it's a show about fixing toys. And Christopher Robin shows up like, of course he does. He talks to stuffed animals also like they're going to be friends and hang out and eat honey together like they do. So for me, having Christopher Robin was took it from a shark jump to like, I don't know what, a day at the office. I don't know how that's
1: the opposite of a shark jump. What is the opposite of a shark jump? I, I, I'm i not certain. Uh, a dolphin dive? A dolphin, yes. You you think you're not jumping the shark, you're diving with the dolphins. I I think that's the opposite of a shark. <laughs> you heard, you heard it here first. first. Oh, <laughs> you, you beat me to the sentence. <laughs> Oh, good <sighs> share a brain. Um, moving on, but I think since the, the one of the questions that I did have was if this is the real—that's how we got off track. Okay, there it is. It's like if this is the real Winnie the Pooh, that means that there is Christopher Robin there, and I think this answers tries to answer: Is Christopher Robin delusional, <laughs> or is Christopher Robin magic? Or, I think he's magic. Well, in, in in this realm, it says Christopher Robin is magic. Because there are three choices. Christopher Robin is magic. Christopher Robin is delusional. Uh, Christopher Robin is a whimsical child filled with imagination and loving play. And I think that the original Winnie the Poohs tried to put him in the number, in the last category, whimsical play. It's just a child's imagination on hyperdrive
0: i think that as an adult you see original christopher robin in that light but as a kid you see christopher robin as magical
1: okay now is this the same magic that doc has to wake toys
0: i don't know christopher robin has traveled through time and space to become like a mid-20th century british boy at doc's hospital so
1: yes yeah, what time period does Winnie the Pooh take place? I always thought it was, like, early 1900s.
0: And I think it is, but here we have Christopher Robin. And I'm not criticizing it. I like that. It's part of the magic for me.
1: His clothes seem slightly updated. Slightly. He did have, like, more of a polo look. Yeah.
0: Multitones.
1: Yeah. I mean, he still... It was still the yellow shirt and the blue shorts. I mean, he still looked like himself. From the back, you were able to say, oh, it's Christopher Robin here. I did enjoy the reaction of all the toys trying to go (laughs) stuffed, realizing that there's a kid in McStuffinsville.
0: Yeah. What manufacturer did you say made you? This is really high quality. I don't see any seams at all. (laughs) I don't have seams, you silly dragon.
1: Oh, my. That's my best Christopher Robin, apparently. He sounds a little closer to hedonism, but... Oh, my. I don't have any seams.
0: I don't need any of those. That's unseemly. Uh that's three bad puns I'm in ra- this episode. You're done. You're cut off.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm We're ra- not even halfway through yet. <laughs> so, the, the thing that I also like about this episode is... That they take the things that are definitively poo <laughs> and put them in this episode. Tigger,
0: piglet, honey,
1: no, I mean the whole balloon episode. I mean the the fact that he's on a balloon floating in the air
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that it's a very blustery day. Like It is those things, yeah. If it's if you're if there's one thing one episode you remember or one part of the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh that you remember, it's Pooh floating on a balloon, pretending to be a rain cloud, or you remember the blustery day. Now that it, it, they just did a uh, crossover or a mashup of two Pooh plots,
0: <laughs> a mashup of Pooh plots sandwiched inside a Doc McStuffins episode.
1: Yeah, it's like Neapolitan ice cream sandwich. Hmm. That sounds really good actually. Doesn't it? Synergy. And, and dramaturgically it's tasty as well. It's very <laughs> it's very satisfying. There's a lot to work with there. Maybe there's some like almond chunks in the sandwich too. Oh, possibly. Possibly. Things things did get a little um Nutty in the episode. Oh, that's four. What did
0: I say? <laughs> I'm sorry. Put a nickel in the piggy bank.
1: You know what's crazy is, it must be all this talk about Jack because my dad jokes don't come out nearly like like this frequently. Don't give me that look.
0: I like how you think that.
1: Ah. <laughs> uh, anyway, we. Do- <laughs> <laughs> the the thing that I also have questions on is, so we, we get the idea that this is the real Winnie the Pooh, that we, it's the mashup of the two plots of Winnie the Pooh. So it takes those images of Pooh in a windy, blustery day and floating on a balloon. But Doc knows exactly who Pooh is.
0: She well, had- yeah, I mean she it's it's like having also just seen logan which is not kids appropriate and i'm not comparing doc mcstuffins and logan wait a minute a wait silly. a minute
1: <laughs> i'm not comparing that I, i'm seeing where you're going with this i'm really intrigued all of us
0: <laughs> are we, do you know are because in logan they of course have uh, a key plot point or background prop that they have is like the the comic books that are sitting there. They're X-Men comic books that they referenced, like done in the original X-Men style. I'm not sure if they're real X-Men comics or if they made them specifically for the movie. But the X-Men comics are a key prop in the X-Men movie, which is interesting. And here at Doc McStuffin, she knows who Winnie the Pooh is because she's probably also like many kids that aren't me, grew up with Winnie the Pooh <laughs> as being around and knowing of him or reading the book or something like that.
1: So, what did you think about Winnie the Pooh existing in the real world, or there being a real Winnie the Pooh through a magical rainbow waterfall to get to the Hundred Acre Wood?
0: I mean, I think it established that they're still they're different worlds, but they're connected. I don't know. I mean, I thought that it was fine. Like Christopher Robin was a real. I mean, not like that exact name, I don't think, but that was a real person. Mm -hmm. And when you're a kid, if you're reading the Winnie the Pooh book, you don't think like, this was a different person at a different time. That person's now dead or an adult. (laughs) (laughs) You think, oh, there's this other little boy named Christopher Robin. He has these great adventures. I wish that I could be friends with Christopher Robin. Like, You don't have this sense of time with kids' stories and when they were made. Like, It's just a thing that you have.
1: Right, that Christopher Robin's probably friends with Fern from Charlotte's Web and, you know, hanging out with all those other kids. Exactly. All the, that'd be like an, a, a fun story, like Avengers style of all these kids from old novels. and like Public domain, Avengers! <laughs> <laughs> that would be a fun show. Anyway... I think that's the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Probably I was like, yes, but on like, you know, Disney Jr. or PBS kids, (laughs) you know. It's it would be slightly different if it was on one of those two networks. And I think the fact that they're able that that it was on Disney Jr., they didn't have to go into the rules of the world or the laws of it. They could let it sit, but let it be let people react. Realistically, that Doc mm-hmm. was both shocked and excited that it's Winnie the Pooh. So, no matter how he ended up there, it, you know, the magical rainbow portal, or how he ended up in McStuffinsville, her reactions sold it. Mm-hmm. And I think her reactions are probably the reactions of every kid who was watching it. I know that when Jack saw it, my wife said that he lit up really big. Like, oh my gosh, Winnie the Pooh is there. She has a celebrity
0: patient. She says that in the episode. It's probably the first celebrity patient that you can identify as a viewer. Like, that's a celebrity patient on Doc McStuffins. It's not like they have Woody and Buzz on there or anything. Although, that's another good crossover. You're welcome,
1: Disney. I'm sure that they have uh, (laughs) Toy Doctor... Toy Story? Hmm. Toy Story Doctor. Hmm.
0: Toy Doctor Story? That's a different movie.
1: Yeah. Then Season 7 is uh, where they change it to Doc Hollywood. And she just (laughs) takes care of all the Hollywood toys from all the movies.
0: And then Season 11 is when they turn it into M.A.S.H.
1: Yeah. And... It's
0: with, cr- like, sippy cups of milk instead of martinis.
1: This isn't a war, it's a murder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> so instead
0: of us going off the rails, shall we talk about our next example of Disney? <laughs> yes, let's. Lion Guard. The Lion Guard, Season 1, Episode 20, Lines of the Outlands, which is what I referred to in our opening of the episode as... Is this Lion King two two? Is it Lion King two one half? Not Lion King 2 and a half. Lion King two one half.
1: <laughs> I had a couple of friends <laughs> visiting, and I was trying to explain the concept of a midquel <laughs> versus. So there's prequels, sequels that we get, midquels that happen simultaneously, and which then, Disney loves. And there are spin-offs which are not directly connected to the plot inside of... They're not in the Neapolitan ice cream sandwich. They happen and you scoop the Neapolitan somewhere else. And
0: oddly enough, we can define all these in the Lion King universe.
1: Yes. So give us a little bit of a rundown of what has gone on in the Lion King universe on our screens of so let's start with the levels that you might be familiar with them if you're a human being
0: you may be aware of this thing called the lion king (laughs) which is a 90s disney movie that is one of the greatest stories ever told because it's hamlet with lions Um, (laughs) we should do an episode about that uh and so then we have if you're maybe a little more than a human being you're a human being who likes disney you're also aware of Lion King 1 and a half. and you probably wonder to yourself, why is that called Lion King 1 and a half? It's because if you're really into Disney, you would know that before that, there was a Lion King 2. So we have Lion King, Lion King 2, and Lion King 1 and a half. Lion King 2 is, of course, a sequel, as you can guess by the number being one
1: higher than the movie before it. <laughs> Which makes sense. So (laughs) if you take Lion King and Lion King 2, so far it makes sense.
0: So far it makes sense. And then Lion King 1.5 is a mid-qual in that it happens both before and in the middle of Lion King 1. And the reason I said that Disney loves these is because often in like a lot of recent modern, like the last 30 years Disney movies you have, somebody's a kid and there's some kind of like time jump or time lapse for example simba becoming an adult was hanging out with timon and pumbaa you're like oh what happened in those 10 years and so disney will do a movie about that like lion king one and a half with timon and pumbaa during the events of lion king one and or tarzan
1: is- 2 where <clears throat> tarzan is young see that that's just
0: bad numbering that's not make sense
1: which is different from Tarzan and Jane, which is the actual sequel, which happens after the plot of Tarzan. <sighs> See, this is why you need dramaturgs. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lion King
0: 1.5 <clears throat> could also have just drop the naming convention entirely, um, but it wasn't really in their brand. Lion King 1.5 is a good fit, but like Beauty and the Beast, the, uh, the Christmas one, that's a mid-qual.
1: The Enchanted Christmas. Story. Yeah, um,
0: that's a mid-qual in the middle of Beauty and the Beast 1. I think there's only one. Yeah. Knock on wood. <clears throat> um, and then if you are really, really, really into Disney and you were alive in the 90s, you also know that there's a Lion King spin-off, Timon and Pumbaa, as a TV show. Which has almost nothing to do with the Lion King except it stars Timon and Pumbaa and occasionally maybe one of the other characters. Right. And it doesn't really exist in the same universe at all. Like, it's a lot more genie of the lamp and style like oh look at all these modern human things and other animals from other continents and who knows what trouble they're going to get into and now the Lion guard is a prequel to lion king 2 but not lion king 1 or one and a half it's a prequel to lion king 2 but also midquel because it's in the middle question mark of this movie but this episode it's in
1: the first third of lion king 2 Is where it sets itself up firmly, especially after this episode, episode 20 of season one, Lions of the Outlands.
0: Yes, and I really wish that we were a video podcast right now so we could like show you this complicated lionology, which is lion chronology.
1: We're we're just gonna have to draw a diagram (laughs) and post it (laughs) on our show notes. (laughs) Spreadsheets. So yes, it the the lion guard has a uh, heretofore unseen on screen son of. I almost said Simone, but it's Simba.
0: Simone. Have, Raven I have, Simone. <laughs> I,
1: have, I have I have Timon on the brain. So, like, Who doesn't? So uh, Simba and Nala and their son and. Uh, we only had known about their daughter yeah. from Lion King Two, but she's just not prominent in The Lion Guard. And the background of The Lion
0: Guard, so you understand, um, the first episode does begin like right where Lion King Two begins, with Simba like showing Kiara like, "Here are the Pride Lands," and then, um, ooh, I'm blanking, Kion, Kion, yes, Kion. Kion, Simba's son, kind of bounces around playing with one of his other friends, Bunga. And you're like, oh, okay, so there's a scene from the sequel that nobody's seen except for Ken because Ken loves it. I'm sorry, Mackenzie, that's who I am. I am Mackenzie. Um, <laughs> forgot which podcast I
1: was on for a second here.
0: Uh, and so we have that. that kind of establishes like it's in the sequel world.
1: Wait a second, um, wait a second. Have you been moonlighting on other podcasts? I mean,
0: not yet. I've been thinking
1: about it. Are we not exclusive? No, we are exclusive.
0: Another podcast might be like Just Me doing non-animation things. Like a Just Me podcast, because no one wants to listen to that. I'm not promoting it yet on this podcast, because I don't know what it is. But I was thinking about it.
1: Don't hold me to that. I'm feeling uh, many complicated things at the moment.
0: I'm podcasting around.
1: (laughs) I like to podcast around.
0: I'm seeing several microphones right now. No, just one. It's the same microphone for every podcast.
1: Uh, anyway. That's really um, unsanitary. Move on. <laughs>
0: back on track. So we meet Kion, um, who's Simba's younger child, which is why he's not going to be the royalty. And then he discovers that he is the roar of the Lion Guard, which they thought was lost because the previous... Um, owner of this magic roar that like blows people away was scar simba's brother or mufasa's brother but scar lost it because he used the roar on other
1: lions it's what they thought they thought it was because he used it for other lions
0: right of course Rafiki has detailed this on cave walls um so that's the background of this show and this episode begins with their hyena friend who's from previous episode Coming up and saying, like, there are people messing with our watering holes. So it already begins with a hyena who, if you've only seen the movie, you know hyenas are bad. But this episode already begins, like, look at this thing that's not bad. That you expect it to be bad. So it's in the same theme of Lion King 2. Mhm. Scene. Yes. Disney.
1: Yes. Have you, did you watch this episode? Of course, I watched this episode. This okay. On, wow, this, this was on homework. I know. I mean, I'm mostly I like mostly do my homework. <laughs> um, <laughs> I what did th- you think? Well, it was. Uh, I was trying to remember what happened in Lion King two, and I got. I kept getting caught up as the plot of this episode happened, where um, Kion gets talked into. Going and having conversations with Zira, the evil, manipulating lion, and tr- trying to figure out, it's like, you know, why are there lions in the Outlands? Where do they come from? Why can't they? I'm sure you can be invited back to the Pride Lands, which makes me think that Simba is just really bad about letting people know what's actually happening and the, the real world.
0: Well, as kids are young, like, I think this is a good story that kind of mirrors, like, if you have a real family and, like, maybe the kid doesn't understand, like, why parts of the family don't talk, or, like, why such and such as the world. The kid's like, well, obviously, there's nothing stopping this. We should just make it happen, right? And the kid doesn't understand the, the politics of the thing.
1: Yeah, but he's the head of the security. Shouldn't he know that hey, I know you're the main defender of our land. You should probably look out for these other lions who banded together with Scar and tried to overthrow us, and I banished them. So if they come back, you might want to like keep them out. I know they're lions, but they kind of look like Scar, so you can get an idea <laughs> that they are the bad ones. Uh, I just don't <laughs> want them here because they are bad. They are literally terrible lions, and I need you to keep them out of my kingdom. Oh what if
0: Simba ever expected to see them again? I he sup- didn't know that they're hanging around.
1: Maybe he just thought they were all dead
0: no oh, like not
1: like dead, but like past the outlands past the in the in termite land yes. Were which they, is
0: confusing because they are in Termite Land at the beginning of Lion King 2, but they're not Termite Land until the end of this episode, which is after the beginning of Lion King 2.
1: They probably <clears throat> started in Termit Might Land, then tried to get the watering hole to like mm. live a little bit better, and then got kicked back, in, and they're like, well, we just give up at this point. <laughs> this is where we're going to live. Because <laughs> we got roared at really big. Like magic... And not just not just talking cloud James Earl Jones kind of magic, but like actual mag- physical magic in the world. Of- yeah, Lion
0: Guard gets a little more uh, loose with reality than the rest of the Lion Nology.
1: Yeah, just a little bit.
0: Yeah, just a so little fine. bit. The moral of the story is Kion doesn't lose the roar by using it other lions. He loses it by using it on other good people. I mean, he doesn't lose it, but like he would only lose it if he used it on good people. Or you, bad use lines. it
1: for the wrong yeah. Use it for the wrong reasons. Use it for evil.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So Scar was essentially the hand to the king. Yeah. Is that he's the king's hand? Yeah, he was his bro, like literal bro. Yeah. If Scar was head of the Lion Guard, though, that, we need that movie, I think. The prequel. Yeah, the prequel where we have Scar and Mufasa growing up. Well, we still have James Earl Jones as a national treasure. We need to make this movie. Yeah. Like
0: all the Star Wars prequels with Darth Vader.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we essentially need to see Scar's downfall. So you know, we've have Hamlet, we have Romeo and Juliet, which is, you know, Lion King two. We have Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, which is Lion King one and a half. We can have Othello, which oh, I was is gonna go with
0: Richard the Third, but okay.
1: Ri- oh I was, I was I guess not Richard
0: III. Henry the sixth part three when Richard the third is really Richard the Third Zero.
1: And and have that be Lion King Zero. Yeah. Well,
0: Lion King colon fall of Scar, rise of Scar, creation of scarring of Scar.
1: Hmm. Or broken pride, or something like that. <laughs> pride, something with to do with pride. <laughs> A new rock opera, Pride Rock. I don't know. I think uh, there's something about that. Maybe. I don't know. We if are you're gonna
0: t- heavy in t- t- like sequeled area. Yeah.
1: I'm, I mean, I understand that they want young kids to get involved with these properties now. And that's why we're getting Lion Guard. And it's not just lions anymore. Now the Lion Guard has lots of, has a honey badger, you know, and some other fun... Animals, cheetah, jaguar. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that the the pitch for the show was like, "This is the Avengers of Lion King," and that's what you get mm-hmm. for Disney Junior. It's <clears throat> has its moments just some fairly good parts. Each episode has his song usually, and this episode had a pretty good song too. What was it?
1: The villain song. Yeah. It's too bad that about Suzanne.
0: Yes, um, all the original voice actors from Lion King 2 came back except the late Suzanne Plashett, the voice of Zira. So we have <clears throat> um, someone else voicing Zira, um, who does a, a pretty, pretty good, good job. job as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but Zira is, of course, from our Lion King 2 podcast. You will remember that we both love the voice of Zira, Suzanne Plashett, as being like this exceptional, exceptional voice actress for that role sadly not as iconic as it should be i said it
1: yeah i i heard you say it <laughs> she, she was great in the role it was a wonderful role it just it's a lot of questions <laughs> there are a lot of questions in that film which you can go back and listen to us ask those questions in the other podcast we'll have a link to it in our show notes later You can listen on. to
0: Chris ask those questions and Mackenzie defend this movie, this masterpiece of <laughs> Disney animation <laughs> as one of two good Disney direct-to-video sequels ever made.
1: Two? Aladdin 3. Oh, okay, yes, Aladdin 3. I always forget about Aladdin 3 because I always forget about Aladdin 2.
0: Well, everyone represses Aladdin 2. That's a different episode, though.
1: So if Aladdin 2 got repressed, then Aladdin 3 obviously didn't happen, because there's no Aladdin 2.
0: No, no, just Iago's a good guy now. That's all you have to know about Aladdin (laughs) 2. Iago's now a good guy. And anyway, sticking with other Disney properties, Line Guard, um, do we have anything else Disney-wise to say about this
1: episode? I think... um, It does... For the Lion Guard, connect, add some connective tissue and show that the world is a little bit still dangerous in other ways. Mm -hmm. And it does acknowledge that, yes, this other stuff has actually happened and will eventually happen. So maybe season 17 of the Lion Guard is the fall of the Lion Guard as, you know, as it stands and everybody gets disbanded. Um, because they weren't there to help out in Lion King 2. And we see why they weren't. Because it's kind of like Civil War or something. Lion Guard Civil War. <laughs> and then they come back together for Lion King 3.
0: Do you think that's what this ramping up to, a Lion King 3?
1: Well... They're, you know, they're doing the live-action Lion King, mm-hmm. so I, I don't think they will do an animated direct-to-move, you know, direct-to-video sequel. They don't do those as often anymore.
0: Well, I think they disbanded that department, right?
1: Yes, yes, they yeah. did. There's no more
0: direct-to-video sequel people.
1: Right. Yeah, that's it's pretty much done they pretty much stop that which i think is a good machine to stop i don't i don't mind the um the tv shows i don't mind the that going on i mean they have yeah. tangled before ever after coming out which is
0: another mid qualish
1: well it's a sequel to tangled but it's a prequel to the animated short tangled ever after
0: oh Okay.
1: Which was a sequel to Tangled, which showed them getting married. And they thought, oh, that's it. Nope, let's do something in the middle of that. We'll do a movie in the middle of that. And then after that, we'll have a TV series, too. It's like Star Wars Clone Wars. A little bit. (laughs) Tangled Clone Wars. (laughs) So we'll have to (laughs) see how that disney works out in... Tangled later this month.
0: And we will soon, yeah.
1: Yes, very soon. We'll find out. So, do you have um, a favorite thing from these episodes that we watched? I do. I mean, there's a lot of things
0: to like in both these episodes, so my favorite thing is not even a particular like writing insight or Disney insight. It's just when Doc McStuffins and her med students are in Rhonda, the rescue copter about to go into the magic rainbow waterfall and they see, Oh, it's a sparkly rainbow waterfall. And Lammy just says, I want to go to there. Like Liz Levin and 30 rock. This has to be a reference to 30 rock. I don't know what else this could be. It's just, I want to go to there. And I was caught off guard and left. I didn't (laughs) expect a 30 rock reference in Doc McStuffins.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, I, It's always interesting when our favorite things line up. (laughs) (laughs) Same thing. Same thing.
0: (laughs) I want to go to there. I I also want to go to the sparkly rainbow waterfall.
1: I I did enjoy when I first saw it. I did because I didn't get to see that part because, you know, when I first saw the episode, Jack was already watching it. Like I said, Um, and I did enjoy Winnie the Pooh singing "I Feel Better." Yeah, the, I, that was that was fun. Um, it was a little strange. Like, what's this is, <laughs> this is this shouldn't be happening. Like it, it felt natural and unnatural at the same time.
0: Cognitive dissonance.
1: Yeah, it's like this feels this feels weird. Um, like it fit, but it's probably like a wetsuit. If we go back to the, are you going to jump with the shark? or Are you going to dive with the dolphins kind of thing?
0: Oh, is it putting on the wetsuit?
1: Yeah. if It's like it feels uncomfortable, but it's going to work out. And it just like, like I don't know how it fits. It's a little tight. But I think I think we we dove with the dolphins with this one.
0: <laughs> I think the better metaphor would be like you see the fin in the distance. But okay. I'm not sure if it's a shark or a dolphin.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: You're right. See, second second time this episode. Tightened it up.
1: Thank you. This is why I'm an editor. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> should we talk about homework time for next time? We should. For next time, we are going to be discussing the mouse himself. Um, mouse comma mickey mickey mouse
0: not danger mouse not
1: danger mouse not mighty mouse not jerry mouse (laughs) that's a stretch (laughs) not speedy (laughs) gonzalez although i feel like we should do a show on speedy gonzalez i think Um, we have Anyway, uh, we we're, we were going to look at Mickey Mouse and the evolution of him as a character so you can watch things like Steamboat Willie, check out Get a Horse, the animated short that was released with Frozen. Um, you could watch my favorite animated short, Symphony Hour, Runaway Brain. And if you get the Mickey... Shorts app from the App Store, or go to Disney.com, you can watch the Mickey Mouse Shorts. Uh, there are some from the past, some from the 2013 on. Some from the future. Some from the future. Some It's just a lot of Mickey on that app. Uh, so check out some Mickey Mouse. Watch some of those classic ones. But we're going to be looking at, we'll do an in-depth character study of the personality and a little bit of the design of how Mickey Mouse has changed throughout the years and how his personality has changed as well. Great.
0: Well, as always, thank you to our engineer, Nigel Catino and to Jacob Reed for our theme music.
1: You can find us on the web on Twitter WG Animated on Facebook.com slash WG Animated and check us out on our Tumblr where you can find all the links to things that we talked about, including our diagram, however we choose to do it, of the Lion Uh-oh. King Lionology. WritersgetAnimated.tumblr.com.
0: Okay, I have to come up with this now.
1: <laughs> didn't I mean to put you on the spot. <clears throat> All right.
0: Well, I'm going to work on this instead of having a sassy comeback for our going away thing. So I'm just going to get started while you do your good night, everybody.
1: (laughs) All right. Start and diagram beginning. Good night, everybody.